Welcome to the Daily Naked Pair Podcast, brought to you by Rocco Blue, the first ever brand focused on supporting parents with special needs children. Naked Parent Nation is a group of parents with special needs children who are willing to get vulnerable, strip it all down, and take a look at ourselves, our parenting, our family, and our plans to create a life beyond our wildest dreams. We're live. Welcome to the Naked Parent Podcast. My name's Chad Ratliff, and today we are fortunate to have an interview with Jim Schneider. He's a writer and blogger living in Denver. He's the father of two children, one of whom has been diagnosed as being on the autism spectrum. And at the start of the COVID-19 pandemic, Jim launched a blog called P's and Q's, Parenting, Productivity, and Quarantine, to chronicle his experience as a working parent trying to balance career, family, and raising a child with special needs during these challenging times. Thanks for being here with us, Jim. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Yeah. We like to have these conversations for the listeners of the podcast so they can hear what's happening for other parents. So every new story is unique. We'd love to hear yours. If you could start off by telling us when you knew something was different about your child, that's where the conversation usually starts. And that's a great question because I think everyone has, you know, I'm sure a lot of different types of answers to that. But as a parent, you always have a sense of things. And I really feel like on Henry's first day, like that we were in the hospital with him after he was born. And I remember sitting up with him that night and just, he was kind of fussing or couldn't get comfortable. And I remembered really feeling like I just couldn't quite like uh, comfort him or console him. We have a daughter who's a couple of years older than him. And, you know, so by then I felt like, all right, I got this parenting thing pretty figured out. And then Henry came along and just was a whole different set of challenges. So it was like there was that initial moment and then time went on and it was little clues along the way, like he was speech delayed. The only word he had until he was about two and a half was the word wow, which I still think is a great first word. Uh, yeah. It, you know, oh. it's, you know, if you're going to have one word, that's a pretty good one. But yeah, so he was a little bit speech delayed. We got him involved in some like early intervention programs through the state of Colorado that helped him out. But it was always sort of like the topic would come up like, well, you know, with doctors, like, is he on the autism spectrum and it would kind of be like, well, he makes eye contact. He doesn't this, he doesn't that. Like it wasn't clear. Like he was always a kid who sort of evaded definition. And so we didn't really pursue it for a long time. And I think looking back on it, I feel like, you know, I was nervous about, you know, it's kind of one of those things where I I don't think I wanted to know. Like it was like, well, if we don't need to have him diagnosed, let's not, I don't know. And I was more worried about what it meant than really understanding it. But we did ultimately, you know, a doctor encouraged us to at least have it, you know, have him surveyed for it. And so we wound up being scheduled to have him tested. It was last March and then COVID hit and things got delayed, but we were able to actually do it over telehealth through our children's uh, hospital here and then got the diagnosis. And since then we've, you know, had him set up with certain therapies and things. And, and we've just, since knowing And starting to make some of those early interventions, it's been transformational, both for him and for us. I feel like a lot of the process is all of us trying to understand each other a little bit better. We don't want to change him. We're trying to 
help him be his best self, just like any of us want to be. But, you know, hopefully in the end, he can understand us a little better. We can understand him a little better and we can all move together well as as a family. Yeah. Awesome. Do you feel that the doctors, you pushed the delay more or did you feel like they were trying to get you to do some testing? That's a good question. One way or the other? I would say more pushing away from it. It was kind of like, yeah, I don't think this is, it was really just one. We actually had like we wanted, because he had a number, like that's the thing is like, there's always little pesky issues we'd be dealing with. And so we took a lot of different types of doctors and one was a, a naturopath. And she just thought, you know, it probably wouldn't hurt. She couched it in such a way, I think that finally made it, you know, a little bit more understandable for us where it's like, you know, just, it doesn't hurt to get him tested. If it turns out he does get a diagnosis, that means then, you know, your insurance will help cover different types of therapies that would be helpful. And like, oh, okay, well then maybe we should give this a look, but going into it fully thinking it's like, well, yeah, maybe, maybe not like, but yeah, I would say more, more often than not, the push was away because he wasn't exhibiting, I guess, some of the quote unquote classic symptoms, whatever that means. And I mean, I think the thing I've learned the most is that every case is so different. You know, now I see, now that I know his diagnosis and how it presents itself, like, you know, it's pretty clear to me that, you know, I think we, there's a lot of things we just didn't see in the right light before, but now it makes perfect sense knowing that he's on the autism spectrum. Right. I actually um, feel the doctors pushed us away from, Mm. you know, it was delay every time it was just, oh, we're delayed here. And the more delayed he got, the bigger the hope. You know, we were really holding on to the delay by the end. Yeah, it was you can't be delayed anymore. So I was curious about that. It's very similar with us, I would say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Was there any kind of regression? Some folks have like my child had Mm -hmm. uh, kind of was sort of growing until about the age of two. And then some of the things that he had developed, you know, kind of like the lights went off almost when he was two. Did you have any experience like that? I would say not. I have heard stories like that, and I know that can be pretty dramatic. In our case, I felt like it was more like he would make progress, and then some of that progress would just step back a little. He'd sort of have ups and down times. Like a lot of where we struggled with Henry was a lot of kind of like tantrums and emotional regulation and things like that. And so, yeah, there were some ups and downs. I don't think we had any, it wasn't like, I've heard cases where, you know, maybe language gets to a certain point and then goes backwards. I don't think we really experienced anything to that degree. That being said, once we actually started him in some therapy, you know, and did some intervention that, you know, ultimately was really helpful, it was certainly challenging at first because I think there was real resistance to, he can be very inflexible about change. And so it was just changing up you know, now he had more expectations placed on him and, and just having to, you know, go through this process was difficult for him at the beginning. So I think we saw a little regression there probably. Yeah. Is there anything that you can think of that, you know, now that you wish you would have known then that could have helped you? Absolutely. I think the biggest thing that I wish I would have known that I wish I could tell anybody is I was so worried about the label, like, oh, you know, what if, you know, he's labeled as being on the autism spectrum. What's that going to do to him in school? What's it going to do to him, you know, in life and all that? I was really missing the forest for the trees, I think, with that, because the truth is, is knowing this now and knowing how to relate to him and understanding, you know, how to help him has made worlds of difference, both in my own understanding and his and all of us. And I couldn't say to parents enough, like, if you have 
a thought about it. If you think that, that this might be an avenue to look at, like I think don't worry about what the label is. I think it's more important to understand the best, understand your child and then be able to help them and support them in who they are. That's, I think, the biggest lesson I've had. That's a great point. Part of the reason this show is called The Naked Parent Podcast is because we have to keep it real. We, you know, some of this stuff's not super pretty. Um, right. It's true. So one of the things I like to ask is what's one of the worst moments on your journey? Because we need to talk about these things as well. Is there a moment that stands out that was just a heavy one for you? Oh, yeah. Uh, there's been a few, but it's, it's interesting. I was going over the questions because I'm actually working on a book about the last year and I was just writing about this specific moment recently, but it was last summer. And uh, we actually went back to Wisconsin. My brother was getting married. And this was a couple months after Henry had started therapy. We'd had the diagnosis, but we hadn't told a whole lot of people yet. So we were still kind of, you know, muddling through the beginning stages of it. But we were going to this. It was a small wedding, you know, because of COVID. It wasn't that many people. But we were nervous because Henry had been throwing quite a few, you know, tantrums. And it was pretty difficult at times in different settings. And so like, all right, well, this is going to be a big deal. Like, so we worked really hard with his therapists for a couple of weeks, like trying, like we went to the Denver autism store and got a bunch of sensory toys and had this whole like pack ready for him to self-soothe. And, you know, we were seeing a lot of success with some of that stuff. You know, we even practiced, like we did like a whole mock ceremony thing in the backyard and videotaped it so that he could watch it and understand because I was going to be standing up in the wedding, you know, and he was, you know, four and a half at this time just for him to understand, like, okay, I'll be standing up there and you'll be sitting here with mom and sister. And so, you know, we felt pretty good. Like we went in and he was good on the trip. Like he was good that day. And then when the time came and we were at the ceremony and I was walking down the aisle, you know, to go up to the front, he just lost it. Like he wanted to be with me. He started, you know, really getting upset. And my poor wife had to just grab him and run out of the room and go. And he threw like one of the worst, longest running tantrums that we've experienced. And at that moment, it just felt like, oh, my God, it felt like all this hard work we put in. And this is what happened. Like, you know, we started to worry, like, are we going to be able to take family trips again? Are we going to do like all these questions and just. And also just the exhaustion of everything around it. It's sometimes I would imagine for a lot of parents, their low moment isn't even the worst moment. It just might come at a time where they're just so beaten down by everything else that's gone on. And I think that was one of those moments. And that was definitely like the part of the journey where it really felt like, I don't know where the light is here. But the interesting thing is coming out of it, we were able to sort of, you know, pick ourselves up and start back to it. We talked to our therapy team when we got back and started working on things. And, you know, I can say within a few months of that incident, I mean, the progress we made was off the charts and it continues. I mean, it's, you know, that's pretty far in the rearview mirror now, but that was a really, really tough moment. You know, it was my brother's wedding. It was supposed yeah. to, you know, and, and it was this disruptive moment that we just couldn't control and, and we just didn't know how to work with them. And it was difficult, but You know, we learned so much from it, I think, like as parents, as a family, like, you know, the way we handled it and the way we worked with it later, like we sort of went back to it and we took a lot away from that, that tough moment. I learned not to put too much weight on certain moments. My mom was 
the Italian, you know, puts on the spread, have people over, puts so much effort, is so generous. And those weren't the times that we wanted to have a big outbreak of some kind that was going to take away from that moment. And this particular journey that we're talking about, things like this can come up at any time, even your brother's wedding. Yeah. And you still got to make it through. But I know that feeling where the light's nowhere in sight. That's a heavy feeling. It is. Heavy feeling. Mm-hmm. Up until this point, so you're Henry's five years old yep. now? Or? Yeah, I just turned five in January. Yep. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, any aha moments to share with our audience that you've had? Yeah, I think, you know, actually, I was thinking of one recently, and I always think, you know, we call it the autism spectrum because it is a, you know, there's a diverse broad uh, series of things like one person with ASD is not the same as another as another. And I guess I've really thought about it as being like, I think there's sort of like, like a human spectrum, like we're all on this kind of spectrum. And in that there are things that Henry experiences as somebody with autism that I think aren't that dissimilar than some of the things that I experience as somebody who is quote unquote, neurotypical, like, it just might be at different degrees. Interesting. And I remember, you know, one of the things that Henry can struggle with sometimes is that he'll get hung up on a certain, like, what's for dinner tonight or something. Like, he'll start thinking, you know, he'll ask at 10 in the morning, like, what are we having for dinner? And I was like, I don't really know yet, Henry. And then he'll just keep asking and he'll kind of get stuck on that and sort of miss, you know, I don't know, it's like a beautiful day out. Let's go play. Like, but he's kind of caught on this. And, And I'm somebody who has suffered with various levels of anxiety and things over the years. And it hit me it's that that's not that different than what's going on with me at times when I'm not being present, when I'm not, you know, and I'm really, really trying to work on mindfulness and being more in the moment rather than worried about, you know, something that's going to happen or not happen, you know, weeks from now. And that tends to be what I get stuck on. And so it really hit me. It's just like, okay, what we're dealing with here isn't that different. Like I'm trying to teach my son mindfulness in the same way I'm trying to teach myself mindfulness and to not worry about what's going to be happening later and instead focus on what's going on now. So I feel like that was a moment where I had, where I was like, you know, there are lessons the two of us can learn together. We're coming at it from different places, but you know, I think that we can both learn lessons together and move forward together and hopefully both grow together. That's cool. That's cool. I, um, I'm kind of into mindfulness myself and are you familiar with the book the power of is it the power of now Um, i've heard of the book i've not read it but i have heard of that book yes eckhart tolle is Mm -hmm. the i believe it's the power of now and he talks about kind of the schizophrenic that's out there on the street that's you know talking to themselves and he's saying you know don't get too uh, caught on yourself because we're all really the same it's just we're keeping it in our heads and they're comfortable enough to you know, and it's, and I, I was like, oh my gosh, so true. I'm no different. I'm just keeping it to myself, which is almost worse. Anyway. <laughs> right. No, I mean, man, if you could turn the volume up in my head, walk, you know, people would be like, what the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's going exactly. on all the time. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's really cool. So it sounds like you've definitely evolved as a parent and a human being, which I think is awesome. And it inspires me What's one of the things you're most excited about as it relates to raising your child Like what that, that's coming up? What, what are you excited about? You know, I'm excited about the fact that he's now, I mean, we started him in pre-K because he's going to be starting kindergarten in the fall. 
and he's been doing really well. And we're excited about sort of, you know, he loves going to school. It's just for, you know, he's almost going to be done for the year pretty soon. Then we'll have a summer break, but it's moving on to a new phase that, and we have, you know, we've worked with the district and have uh, an IEP, uh, individualized education plan, and he's got therapists that work with him at school and he is so far responding well. So I'm sure I'm excited to see where that next phase takes him. That's one part of it. Another thing too, is that we're trying to get him, you know, he showed interest in drums. He's always loved music and rhythm and, and dancing and things. So we got him a drum set for his birthday and he's taking drum lessons now. Cool. Um, and that's been a fun process to watch him go into that. So I'm, I'm just excited to see, I feel like now that we've had sort of this first year of just getting our legs under us, you know, and yeah, it doesn't mean like, oh man, like we're still going to have our challenges and, and difficult moments, but sure. we can start to feel like we're at more of a comfort level where he can hopefully reach out and try some new things. And we're trying to encourage him in as gentle a way as possible. Cause we also don't, you know, we're trying to be really careful about letting him be a kid and we don't want to overschedule him too. He's got therapy, he's got school, so we don't want to totally. put too much on his plate, but want him to do the things that he likes to do. So that's been fun to discover uh, with him. So yeah, little things like that. I get excited about seeing where he goes next for me. Like I'm just always thankful to learn more about how he ticks. Like that's something that's been a interesting part of the process to me going through and just understanding better how to relate to him so that we can, you know, help each other out. That's awesome. And, you know, sometimes in these conversations, I'm listening and I'm hearing the exact same things that, the same experience I have with my typical right. children. It's, it's sometimes not as different as I think it is. I look at it that way a lot. Cause I have, you know, we have one of each two and it's just like they're Yeah. A lot of the same, I mean, they're different kids, both, you know, not only because of their needs, but also just who they are and personalities are very different kids. And I'm sure it's that way with your kids too, but yeah, they are still ultimately our kids and, you know, we're excited for all the regular stuff for them as well yeah. mm-hmm. out of curiosity how's he handling the process is he enjoying the process of learning the drums is he frustrated in the not is there a certain level he wants to be at and he's not there how's he handling that that's a great question and in fact we were literally just talking to his therapist about it today because he enjoys it sometimes and then other times it's more of a struggle like he is one of the things we're really trying to work with him on is he does tend to kind of jump into things as if he doesn't know how to, like, if he doesn't know how to do it out of the gates, he doesn't want to learn. Sometimes he doesn't want to learn. So it can be really difficult. Like, so right now we're working on, you know, he's trying to get him to hold his sticks the right way. Like there's a way he likes to hold them. Now he's got really good, like natural rhythm. The first few lessons, the teacher's like, man, like he was just like banging out and repeating, you know, these different rhythm patterns doing great. Now that we're trying to go like, all right, well, here's the way you're, you know, let's get into some of the more of the ways you're supposed to do things. There's a little bit more resistance. So yeah, it's a mix. There are times where he really runs with it, but there are also times you can be a little bit resistant to, Hey, this is a certain way to do it. (laughs) Cool. How about for you? I mean, a huge thing that we promote on the show is, you know, parents taking care of themselves. Is there Mm -hmm. things that you do to care for yourself through this parenting process? Yeah, that's something I'm working really hard on. I know this is a struggle for a lot of parents, uh, whether it's of special needs or not, you know, especially given the last year has been so challenging for everybody with COVID and everything. But I've really tried to put more focus in the last 
several months on, you know, self-care. And for me, that can be like, you know, I like to write. I've been working on some projects there. So it's carving out time to do that. I've been reading this book called The Artist's Way, which is sort of about connecting with you know, sort of artistic forces. And part of that is going out and taking little writer's dates, you know, going out by yourself for an hour just to do anything, go take a walk or go have a cup of coffee. And so I'm trying to work more of that stuff in. And, you know, I like to run and just I've been trying to, you know, get outside and get in the fresh air a little bit more bits of just little moments like that. It's nothing, doesn't have to be anything epic, but just taking that time to slow down for a second and disconnect and, and be with yourself. Super important. So yeah, it's something I'm a work in progress on that area. I've never been terribly good at, <laughs> at self-care in my life, but I'm trying to really change that now because I think it's very vital. And and you've kind of touched on it. I think when we were talking a little bit before at the beginning, but it's just, I don't know, I guess I'm a big believer of with parents. It's, it is that whole cliche of like, you have to put on your oxygen mask first. Like if you're not in a good place. If you're not looking after yourself, you can't be a, the best parent for your child either. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Kind of as we wind this conversation down, I'd like to do a lightning round, just some quick questions sure. and answers. Gets us uh, a lot, as much content in our conversation as possible. Mm-hmm. Ready for that? Yeah, let's do it. All right. What's the best advice you have received? Oh, the best advice I've received is, I think, on the self-care area. And this is, I'm giving that one to my wife. Like she, she has long been, I think, forever or having a real problem with just trying to like, okay, I can do everything. I can tackle everything. And she was the voice in my you know ear saying like, no, you have to look out for yourself, take time for yourself. And that has been a really uh, important thing for me this year. I think and just being in a better place mentally and spiritually, just being able to take those moments. So yeah, that would be my best advice. Awesome. And we touched on this, share a personal habit that contributes to your success. I, for me, and this goes back to the blog I've been writing, the P's and Q blog. So I'm writing about each day and I've done it for 412 consecutive posts now. I started this off as, you know, both a habit building thing for me to be better about writing, but also to chronicle this time that we lived through last year. And what I've really found is now that I'm going back and kind of trying to write like a retrospective book on it, it's amazing to me the things I would not have remembered otherwise had Mm. I not written them down. And the perspective I've gained by looking back and seeing, and this is both just in myself, general life, also in my journey with Henry, you know, and since his diagnosis, I mean, so I would suggest like to anybody, like even if it's just writing a couple paragraphs down about your day, and sometimes it can be very like wrote, here's what we did. Other days it might be more insightful or something that, you know, really stood out to you, but it can really, I found it to be transformational. It's helped me a lot in just keeping perspective and also remembering a lot of things that that can easily fall through the cracks. The memory is a faulty apparatus to say the least. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I agree. How about a top resource or recommendation to share with other parents? In terms of resource, I'm going to say like for me, it's been really helpful. In fact, you and I, I think connected in one of the uh, like support groups that were on Facebook. I think those are great. I'm also going to throw out there that my wife is actually just starting a consulting firm called uh, Mountain Summit Consulting. And what she's doing is helping parents of kids with special needs of, you know, track down the right providers and resources for them once they get the diagnosis. So that's uh, a really important thing she's going out there to try to help with as we struggled through. It's amazing, you know, what's out there that you don't know about until, you you know, you kind of, it's like finding your way through the dark, as I'm sure you know. 
her goal is to try to help parents uh, find the right resources. And that's Mountain Summit? Mountain Summit Consulting. So it's just, it's Mountain Summit Consulting, all one word, dot com. Great. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I look forward to checking that out. What's next on your list? For me, well, yeah, I, I'm working on trying to uh, finish this book. I'm hoping sometime this summer to self-publish it. My blog is called P's and Q, so it's it's P.S. The word, uh, so it's just P's and Q singular. So uh, P.S. and Q.com. I'm working on a, a book that I'm planning to publish sometime uh, over the summer, and uh, after that, uh, probably going to tackle some other writing projects I've been had in mind. Maybe try out some fiction writing, do some other different things. Awesome. Well, mm-hmm. uh, stay in touch with the show. And if there's anything we can do to help with your launch when the time comes, uh, absolutely. We'd love to do that. I would love that too. And please stay in touch with me as well. Uh, this has been great. I've really enjoyed this. Thanks for having me on the show, Chad. All right. Uh, what's one thing you think would improve your life if you did it, had it? <laughs> That's a great question. Uh, you know, I honestly think maybe it's because I'm so like focused on the gratitude part of things and the mindfulness. It's like, I think everything I need is I have it. (laughs) I have to have the right appreciation for it, I think. And just, you know, be able to enjoy each moment as it unfolds. That's my big goal. And hopefully my other hope is, I guess, just a greater understanding of kids with special needs from those, everyone else on the outside. I guess I would hope for that because I want that for Henry too. Just more people to understand where he's coming from. And I hope that more folks are tuned into this, to the fact that there are kids who are just a little bit different and adults who are a little bit different and need just to be understood in a slightly different way. Like we can all learn from each other, I think. Yeah, I agree. Is there something from our discussion today that you think is most important to highlight for our listeners? Yeah. Going back to my sort of aha moment about, you know, for out there for parents who struggled with whether or not to have a test done or anything like that. Yeah. I just feel like getting over that hump for me was one of the big changes in just how I see things in general. Now it just made me a lot more comfortable in life. So I would say that's a big important piece and also the self-care. I couldn't emphasize that enough. I do think it's important for parents again, whether you're a parent of special needs or, or child with disability or just a parent, it's a tough job and we've all got a lot of things that we're carrying. So you know, whatever small moments you can carve out for yourself to look after yourself are extremely important. So, so for heaven's sakes, do that. <laughs> You've earned I agree. I'm grateful that you took the time to talk with us today. It's been valuable for me and valuable for our listeners. And I hope we can do it again. Can you tell us the web address where we can yep. read up on your story? Absolutely. I'm on, it's peas and Q.com. And I'm also, uh, I have a Facebook page for peas and Q. That's parenting, productivity, and quarantine. So yeah, I write a daily post there. Sometimes, like I was saying about the journaling, sometimes it's just, hey, here's what we got up to today. Other times it's, you know, topic-based or, you know, something about mindfulness or something about something else that's going on. But it's been our journey through this, you know, time of, you know, because I work at home and so it's kind of juggling parenting and being productive worker (laughs) along with being locked in, in a house for a year or so, so. I'll find you on that platform uh, Thank moving you. forward. And thanks again for being with us today. Thank you, Chad. Pleasure right. to be here. Look forward to talking again. Thank you. All the best to you and your family. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. This concludes our show for today. And I'd like to personally thank you for spending the time with us on a topic near and dear to our hearts. 
If you'd like to be part of the Naked Parent Nation and help us reach those parents that are struggling and overwhelmed, there's no better way to help than by subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show on iTunes. iTunes highlights the shows based on these metrics, and the more the show gets highlighted, the more opportunities people will have to be introduced to the show where they can hear that message of hope or that tip that can change everything. So follow the link in our show notes and we hope to have you back here tomorrow where we'll do it again. From the team here at the Naked Parent Podcast, we wish you the life you've always dreamed of and then some. So long. So long.